All right, we are back with Inside LAFC. And before I say anything, because I know a lot of people do this on their podcast, Vince LaRosa, Max Bredos, uh, uh, LAFC.com, YouTube TV, Synergy. Please subscribe to the podcast. Now you have had two episodes. We've got a, a great reaction thus far. Yep. One five-star review. Yeah, I'm happy. That was me. <laughs> that was you? Well, that's fine. No one, I mean, it well, was now, not me. It was cat's not out me. of the bag, but I, I, I do like five stars. Yeah, five stars. Review it however you would like. Like uh, we gave five you a great stars. drive, a nice Uber drive or a Lyft drive around town, and you're happy with it. You like the conversation. But um, this, is, uh, this is exciting to be right back. There's so much to talk about, and I'm dilly-dallying here. You are. But please subscribe and leave a comment, leave a question, whatever it is. But it's important. We, we're going to be interactive here. Yeah, subscribe on the platform of your choice. iTunes, we're everywhere. Uh, we are also even on YouTube. So tell the people where we are for the people. No, that you are... tell them where we okay, are. Okay, so, so the people that are watching, I, I apologize if you're not watching on YouTube. But for the people that are watching, we are in the belly of the beast, I would call it. We are in the video room. A lot goes down in here. If you watched, we are LAFC. The players would be seated here. The players would be in front of us. So Coaches would be here. Yeah. We're almost teaching. There's tactics over there we can't show you. Um, yeah, if you watched We Are LFC, there, there was moments, emotional yeah. moments, tense moments. Right. Well, the only yelling right now right, is out of joy yeah. because of what happened. By the way, I saw some nice comments uh, on Twitter about uh, We Are LAFC, and it was one father saying, hey, we, uh, my, my son's watched, binge-watched all of it. Now he's got a favorite MLS team. I go, that's what it's all about, and it's accessible. So... Everything's been great to start the season, including that, and this club, again, proving to think two steps ahead, and it's paying off now. And we'll talk about what happened on Sunday, Twilight. But let's start chronologically with what he happened, what, what's going on. I want to show up because we went to the tailgate, and it was... We did. We were told to pop down there and spend some time, and we were blown away. I ate three times. I had some... I had every kind of meat. Uh, there was, like, one corn cob, and then it was all meat. That's what I ate. Not a lot of food, but everyone there was just wonderful. Every uh, supporters group was there and welcoming, and they gave. So I have the, the lucky shirt, which was given free. I demanded to pay to give to the club. Yeah. They were they were wonderful. Lots of scarves. Um, let me see. I have the uh, I have the defenders of the bank podcast, the shoulder to the shoulder, and the uh, LA Originales and the District Nine Ultras. Which just, you can't see it. This beautiful pin with the, the top hat. Yep. And everyone was there and just really welcoming. It's very hard to leave. It's such a festive uh, area. It's such, uh, it's such good spirits, good energy. And I mean, I just felt, I felt safe. I felt like in the arms of these, these supporters. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say this. I made a severe tactical error. I did <laughs> not eat because I ate at the fields, which is not a tactical error in the sense of taste. The a lot food of options. Was, was delicious. Uh, but as soon as I showed up, I was thrusted ribs in my hands and, and Chicken and tacos, and I, I had the I food's cool. competitive down there. Yeah, it really is. It's, Everyone's like, oh, I got this tri-tip. I have this barbecue. I have these tacos. Yeah, legit setups, legit barbecues. I mean, it was like being at an all-you-can-eat restaurant. Um, so I will say, I did, I did try one rib though, and it was fantastic. And I, I have to agree with you. So we, it was uh, humbling for me because I'm not a TV person. I'm not normally someone you can see, but having people say that they've read my writing or they listened to the podcast or they saw us on YouTube. Uh, it was really humbling, but I can say this. I I've been down there for other times, and people haven't recognized me, and they embrace you just the same. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. It didn't change all that much. We got, a, we got some free swag, let's say, <laughs> because people knew us, so uh, we appreciate that. Uh, you know, the shoulder-to-shoulder guys gave me a scarf as well and a pin. Uh, I got to run into to Jerry from Heart of LFC, so we got to run into a lot of our fellow podcasters. Uh, and so, yeah, we got the swag, but I think, like, man, if, you, if you're coming to a game, come early, go to the tailgate, there's the 90 before the 90, but you can even do, what would we call the tailgate? The, the 90 before the 90 before the 90? On Christmas Tree Lane. I On just Christmas like to throw Christmas Lane. Tree Lane. Yeah. But uh, it's, it, and everyone polices themselves there well, and it's, it's this tremendous environment. And the 90 before the 90, make sure you get there early. And there's like a long list of stuff, and there's food and uh, drink specials all over the place. So come out early and enjoy it. I mean, why are you rushing out there in two hours? There's a lot to do. Yeah. You want to soak it all in. Well, the game's 90 minutes, and yeah. you know it's going to be 90 minutes. We're not going to the 14th inning. Uh, we're not going to overtime. You, you, so come make a day of it. It is family-friendly. Max, uh, Max was in the con. Is it a conga line? Was that a conga I was line? In what a, do we call yeah, it? Was, it was like lavanda line. And yeah. It was like going, and then it was going and going. I got, I got to go. There was line dancing. I got to find a way to slip out of here. <laughs> line dancing? Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, it's a good time. So have a good time all the time. Can I, can I say this? When you were in the, 
the line, someone told me, hey, oh, hey, I, I won't hold you. You've got to get in there. I go, no, no, that's for Max. No, 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 no. That's I looked for you. I was like, Vince, get in that's here. For, that's for the TV guys. Get your butt in here. But right. it, was, it was fantastic. And obviously. Thanks for all that. Thanks. Oh, I, um, Brian, who's with uh, the Luckies, because I always post on all these alt rock concerts. I saw Sharon Van Etten. And he comes up to me and goes, hey, you like Sharon Van Etten? I go, yeah. And he goes, well, I have tickets for the National. Do you want to go see? I go, I do. So I got a date now. The National's a good show. I know. I've never seen them. I'd, I'd love to go see. I've missed them on a couple occasions. I mean, he, for a first date, that's a high bar. <laughs> I go to, like, cover bands, like, yeah. you know, Van Halen cover bands in the South Bay, and Atomic then I'll Punks? work my way up. There's no, I mean, my is wife, it, it I took my wife to Sharon Van Etten. Is Atomic Punks Atomic around? Punks, they're, they're still going. Were you in that? No, I, I opened for them once, though. Yeah. They're so good. At the Whiskey. Old Van Halen, it doesn't yeah, get Yeah, they are pretty great. Okay, so we had, with the tailgate. Again, so much to talk about. We'll get into the game. And look, we, I think everything exceeded expectations. Everything was, to me, what I, everyone said, what are your expectations? I go, I just want to come in and feel like it's the opener of a game. I don't want to oversell it like this is an important, important game of, in, the, in the, the long line of LAFC games before and after, certainly after more so. And I just want to, okay, we're starting the season. We're starting at home. Let's start it right. There's going to be 16 more games here at home, league games. There's going to be 33 overall. But as much as I said that, I know that first impression just carries so much weight. And you can feel it here. And all I can think about after everything we saw, and the big takeaway that I have is that you could, you, when we started the home opener last year, we, we remember the Simon goal. I mean, it wasn't a pretty game. This was a good game. This was yeah. a, uh, an energy. This felt like a midseason game. There was intensity, and the stadium, I think, creates a lot of it. But for it to end like that, I think about what would it have what the difference would have been if it was 1-1, all right, great, good game, and what it became, where you see Dio's goals everywhere. Uh, we had questions from him about everything. We saw that highlight every place you could go, here in the United States and abroad. And just, it's good spirits around here. So, I mean, just from internally, it's, it's amazing that something so quick and instantly can change so much. Again, we have to get back to it on Sunday. But this is going to have a huge residual effect. We're going to see that over and over again because people are going to remember. They're going to say, where were you? And they go, why wasn't I at that game? Yeah, com coming to training after a match like that is so much better. I feel like I've already done a couple of podcasts with those people <laughs> because everyone wants to talk about it. Hey, man, what did you like about this? What did you think about this guy? Hey, wasn't it crazy that they had seven yellow cards and they were really hacking? We just kept going down the list of things. Uh, but I agree with you. That match ticked all the boxes. And then at the end, there was just that one box, can we get a result? And to get the result that way, to finally to, to just cross everything off the list. And if you look at, stand back and look at the end of the day, there was great play by both teams. I would say that is, and we're biased, but I would say that's one of the best MLS matches I've seen in I, a couple of years. You could say best, most important LAFC game. I mean, do you have an argument? I mean, firsts and first games and so forth and wins here. But that was, that felt real. That felt like a team that's logged a lot of time and is ready uh, to become more than just an expansion. Well, should, we, should we get right into it? We're going to okay. talk about that, but do you want to get right into that part of it, the mentality? Because I think that is important. Let's start there. Yeah. Let's start there. That's very important, right? And the mentality's changed. Yeah. And there is, look, there's a, a bunch of challenges that Bob Bradley and John Thornton all have to deal with with first teams, and you embrace that, but at some point you want the normal, you want to come in and go, this is the team, we're picking up. Uh, and that's for good and bad. There are going to be challenges with being a team. You could have some old contracts that you may, may have to deal with. You may have to deal with some, some issues from last season. But then there's so many positives because you can come to work and you say, all right, we're, this is the next step. And that's good. In any walk of life, you do that. That's a fulfilling part of moving on, moving on and progressing and becoming whole, becoming an adult, yeah. and so to speak. Well, I think the one part that maybe if you watched the whole last season that made you empty, aside from results, just made you feel a little bit empty is you look at this team, you go, okay, the players are in place. I like these players. I like the way they play. And then that extends to the style. That actually, the style of play comes first. The style of play comes first. We fill in the players. We have the right type of players for that style of play. And you say, wow, this is a, a great style. This is, they pass. They play the type of things I want to see. So they're winning games. Yeah, it didn't end the way it did, but still first year team. But you say, what's the one thing that I feel like we're missing? And, and we would say, well, I wish they were meaner, or I wish they, were, they would boss games more, be more of a juggernaut, or just rise to the challenge when, when the other teams really upped their level or really started pushing them around. And I think one or two times last year we saw them really lift that level. I think, I think the Galaxy game, uh, the second one at Carson, 
Uh, I think the Galaxy came in there, they, they made it very clear what their MO was. They got their early goal and they said, we're gonna beat you up now, what do you got? Um, I think there was one point where there was a foul on Diego Rossi and I saw guys run across the pitch to circle around that Galaxy player that fouled him. And I, I, I liked that because yeah. I was like, fight for each other, do that. Uh, but this was, this was that next step. This was not just, okay, we're gonna show up with our chest out. We're gonna show up with our play because Casey came in there and they were, they were tough. An excellent team. They're physical. They, they are the embodiment of their manager, right? Peter Vermees is the crew cut and chin out and he's kind of scary, a little scary. No, he's lovely. He's a lovely man. Yeah, I'm sure he's a nice, <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice man at home. But uh, yeah, this is, th this is that intangible that like, if you could put your finger on it, then you would just fix it, but you can't. So you just kind of wait till it happens. And I think this happened. So yeah, three points is great. A last minute win is great. But more than anything, I think the spirits are higher because they, they said to themselves, hey, there was a test in front of us. It was a test from day one. We knew this was a game one on the schedule. It was a test from the opening whistle. But as play went on, the test grew and grew, and we met that test and then exceeded it. Yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's an exceptional process that they went through. And I will talk about the, the rivalry that's, that's now brewing for LAFC-SKC because it's exciting much like many other rivalries that we've seen develop in week one, uh, in season one, and they're going to get blown through here in season two because it, it doesn't always just click when you have that rival, when they have a rival. It felt, we knew with the Galaxy it was going to be a big, I'll save it for a little bit yeah. later, but proximity, we knew we get into Proximity, proximity rivalries helps, are But easy. you can see these things brewing in Sporting Kansas yeah. City's at the top of that list. Let's talk about the guys that uh, stood out. And by and large, it was a great performance. I think even starting back with Tyler Miller, who really commanded the position, uh, whether it's clearances, there was a moments where I'd sit down, I was getting really tight with some sporting mm -hmm. attackers hovering around there, but he was able to get that out. Uh, the first goal, not much you could do about it. So good, I mean, but I think as the club has grown, I think Tyler Miller shadows or shadows that development too, because he was the guy from season one. And if everything goes well and he continues to progress, he could be the guy here in season five, season seven. Mm -hmm. So I was very impressed with him, but I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll look more on the defensive end and I'm going to throw Eduardo Tuesta in here. And with uh, Ed, Eddie Segura, Phenomenal. we saw that developing there. But what Eddie Segura was able to do and allow the freedom of Walker Zimmerman, which Zimmerman took advantage of and had a great game, and Eduardo Tuesta and his distribution and everything. That, those were the Segura and Atuesta. Segura was hoping because of what we saw in the, in, the, in the preseason, but he hit it. you got to remember he's a young kid, and he really excelled with that responsibility. And Atuesta and connecting the dots there, I wasn't sure. Uh, I think Mark Anthony Kay will get around. He, he had a, a good first start, and he's going to get there. But Atuesta, I think, really connected the dots really well for me. Yeah, the spine of the team was fantastic. And, and when you think about how that game played out, that's, I think Tyler was almost more important in what he was having to do for the buildup uh, because this was immediately from the opening whistle was two teams that said, hey, we're going to build every attack from the back. We're going to try to get down the field without you taking it. And then if we do lose it, we're going to get back, and we're going to we're going to center ourselves and then we're going to press you. So yeah, there was times when Tyler had guys right on top and we had to make that decision. Do I help it along or do I go long? And there's been a few he times. He seemed cool under. He seemed a lot cooler. And, and he wasn't just, look, sometimes you've got to play out of pressure and you just got to, it looks like you're huffing it forward, but he's sending it into areas. He, he sent a few balls that, that sprung guys that really. Yeah, uh, he was ambition on those balls. Yeah. It was kind of. And you could say the same for, for Eddie. So Eddie less so gets, doesn't get, because your goalkeeper, you can say, hey, Hey man, when in doubt, get it, get it forward. Eddie's asked to play into tight spaces, to play into danger. I think, uh, go back and watch that, that last goal. There's a pass from Eddie where he's facing one direction and I, I look at him and I think he's got, uh, he's got one of the midfielders in his sight and I, I wanna say, uh, you know, it, it, it eludes me now, but I know who he passed Espinoza? Yeah, no, no Espinoza <laughs> was off by then. But it, right before that goal, I can't know who he's passing to for obviously, but I know who he goes to. He decides instead of playing the way he's facing, he cuts the ball back inside to Peter Lee Vassell, and that continues the play. He's asked to do that, and in the biggest moment, it, with the game on the line, yeah. does it. So yeah, that's that's fantastic. And Edward, for for all he provided the buildup, he was always basically, I check into you. Do I get the ball? No, I'll find the next space. I'll find the next level. That was so important, especially against a team like Kansas City. They play. Look, we said this before. They play similar but slightly different. I think they they build up a little more. They don't ask their center backs, I think, to do quite as much. They play, pass quite a lot between the center backs, which can get very annoying. I feel like if I had sympathy for anyone, Christian Ramirez, 
I, I feel bad uh, for him. He spent the, he, I'll say this, was not as effective as he wanted to be on the ball, but off the ball, if you watch that match again, he, he was harassing their center backs and also keeping Ilya in his shadow. They could not find Ilya to save their lives. And they wanted to get him. So Christian, good on you on that regard. I mean, he, when you're not doing, when you can't score on the day, if you can do that, that can maybe, you know, yeah. keep you in the team longer. But yeah, being a striker, that's the, the reality because people say, where's the productivity? But that's, there's those things. And sporting, uh, I think, did really well finishing in the West without having a, a, a center forward that was scoring these goals because they had guys that were helping out everywhere. Mm -hmm. And the goals would come from elsewhere. And I, again, when I say that, you can see the similarities between these two teams. But I, the first half, I mean, there was moments where it obviously didn't go to plan. It became physical. The yellow car started to mount, and there was some frustration there, and there was a lot of uh, communication between can we fourth give a officials. And can we give a shout-out for double yellow? And also give a shout-out to Howard you Webb? You love that, yeah. We were, Howard Webb was up at the, the... I had a chat with him. I just let him know. Oh, did you actually talk to him? I did. Oh, okay. Because you told me, hey, Howard Webb's there. You should... And I told you... But at the end, I, I introduced... I, I, and I've met him briefly before, but he, he, was, he was very... It was a good conversation. Just asked him where they were at with all the... Uh, uh, the officiating, he's very optimistic. Um, I'm just saying, I, I think I maybe gave him a little bit of the business. Because I, I you was think sitting, that second yellow should come I was come sitting up. right behind him. No, you I, were. You were very feisty. I was pleasantly surprised that a second yellow came. This is my biggest pet peeve of MLS matches. Second yellows don't come. Professional fouls happen. That's fine. But at a certain point, the referee has to stamp it out. And our team especially suffers from that because we have a team that can separate from players. We get away. If you make a movement... Bring a player down that is a non-soccer movement. It, it's it's almost automatic. It's one of actually the easier things to call in the game. Yet for some reason, once that first yellow comes out, it's like okay, chance number two, chance number three, chance number four. You, go, ah, you see this all the time. Yeah. You go stop, stop. Espinoza, You're losing fingers. Yeah, and finally Espinosa pushed it too far. And honestly, that was probably the dumbest one of all the ones he got. Mark's back is turned at the center circle, yeah. and Espinosa decides, ah, just gonna dig into him. That's not a good idea. So good, I'll give. Good. If Howard Webb had any kind of influence before the year to tell guys to do that, then. Good on him, and I, I apologize if I maybe uh, was very chirpy and chatty while he was there yeah. during the match. Well, we've, if Howard Webb is listening to the podcast, and who knows? Who Come knows? on the podcast. Come on the podcast, and I hope you got home. He said he lives in New Jersey, and he wanted to get back because the weather, bad weather was coming. Yep. Which is a thing of the past for me, which is good. So, um, Was there I, any other touch points, or should we talk about, uh, should we debate which ending was better? Oh. Let's debate which ending was better. This was better for me because... Uh, there was an intensity that the home one, because of the malaise of the game, mm -hmm. kind of took me off. And I remember I was having more conversations, and I was, I was resigned to it happening. And then it happened, and I was elated. But there was just, like, I'll put it this way. I was about to head down to the field levels, like the 90, 89th, which is insanity. I should never even admit it here, but I have to get down and do some stuff to be ready. I had to go uh, down. There. You had to go down as well. But you left in there. But I knit it, and I just waited because I... You just had a feeling. I wouldn't say you had a feeling, but you knew that this game deserved that that last bit. And I should have left when you left, mm -hmm. but I wait till so I wait. And then there was still that feeling that they were pushing. You could see the body language. I will have to say this, and I think it just it put a great cherry on top for a good MLS opening weekend. And I think it just wiped away everything else that happened that weekend, much as what happened in April last April when we opened Bank of California Stadium. But I think there were so many emotions involved, you kind of get distracted. This was about the game, and I was locked in, and I felt something emotionally that puts this one over the top for me. Yeah, as the capper for the weekend, could yeah. MLS be any more excited? I hope, they did. I hope a didn't lot of used people to be this stuck way. around. No, it didn't. I mean, I watched a lot of soccer on Saturday, and I flipped through a lot of games, and there were decent games, but nothing, nothing reached these heights. And then we had the, the DC game before our game, uh, I think we'll talk a little bit about that later, but that I don't think that reached the levels that people thought it would have. Uh, and I think you have two teams that just went strength on strength. And yeah, I, I can't disagree with you, Max, because you're right. Yeah. This game was just so good. And I understand when people say, yeah, but that was the first one. I get it. And I'll give you, yeah. That can we can't get caught up. We can't yeah. get caught up on that. Yeah, I can't get caught up on that because I, I'll tell you honestly, that game was not the best game. It was choppy. There was a lot of fouls in that game. There should have been a double yellow in that first game. I'll tell you that much. But Storyline's good too because you have a guy come off the bench and he's eager and he comes in and he's able to do it. He's assisted by the guy who had his 300th appearance. Yeah, Jordan Harvey. There was Jordan. just a, and then I, I, I want to touch about this. There's, a, there's this, all this reliance on Vela. Vela had a great, he had a great play. He had a, a solid game, 
But this shows that this team is the sum of the parts, yeah. which I think people are trying to get into, that there is quality everywhere. And it's not just the reliance of Vela to, to get you these kind of victories. It can come from a lot of places. Yeah, and even Peter Lee Vassell comes in the game, gets his first appearance. Yeah. And he, a guy earns it, and he gets the spot, and he looked comfortable. Yeah, did not look shy at all. He, 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 in that, again, watch that second goal. Well, rewind to right before, actually, I'll tell you this. Graham Zussi gets beat twice in that goal. He Basically, they win a free kick. I don't know what he's thinking. He decides to just lackadaisically play the ball forward. Strike one, Graham. Although, actually, I would say that's strike two because you got beat for Diego's goal. Yeah. Uh, strike, so try, strike two. He was two. one of the, the guys who got yellow. Strike two, and then, yeah, he definitely got a yellow. And then by the time we, uh, I believe we counted 18 passes, a full minute of possession. By the time we get down to the other side of the field, uh, strike three, Graham. You got Dio just chopped you up, put you in a blender, and then there's no stopping that. Yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't even want to. Could not put, hit it any harder. I wouldn't want to put my hand on that ball. No. He just hit the sweet spot, and that was that. All right, so I, again, we'd like to talk about it forever, but we have to move on. The team's already moving on. They're getting ready for another massive home game on Sunday coming against the Portland Timbers. We're going to be back because we're going to talk about the rivalries. Uh, we're going to look back at some of the things that stood out to us in the opening weekend of Major League Soccer, and we'll talk about the LAFC rivalries because there is a, there's a hierarchy, but there's some gaps starting to close. Yeah, there's some if you rival ask me. rivalries budding, and the start of the season's fire. Yeah. Fire. And what are you going to get Bob Bradley for his birthday? Save it. That'll be coming up next on Side LAFC. All right, we're back here on Inside LAFC. A very special guest coming up. So that's at the end of our little podcast here. So stay tuned to that. I did that. Did you see that for Dio's Dio. goal? Ronnie James Dio all over the stadium. If he was here, he'd be smiling. Maybe smiling from above. Dio, Adama Diamante has no idea who Ronnie James Dio, but I'm going to alleviate that. I'm going to start giving him music. And I'll allow it because he got that yeah. gesture, <laughs> gesture from his sweet Italian grandmother. Yes. Who doesn't, last in line. who doesn't love a sweet Italian grandmother? <laughs> no, no one, no one. Because that usually comes with really good food, too, oh, at yeah. some point. All right, so uh, we're going to really briefly touch on what happened in uh, Major League Soccer Week 1. I thought there was, there was some really cool things. I'll, I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due. 16-year-old Efrain Alvarez getting in there and being influential for the LA Galaxy. I like to see that because it means this rivalry is going to build up. DC United putting a lot of concerns in Atlanta United and coming out and make, getting that result. The snow in Colorado, <laughs> which was optically just spectacular. But my one thing that's going to stick out of week one, and it applies to LAFC, is FC Cincinnati starts their season in Seattle. This is not a knock on FC Cincinnati, but just a reminder that making the playoffs and being a successful team in Major League Soccer year one is not easy. You've got to have ambition. You've got to really be geared toward it. It's always a, a, a long-term play when you're building LAFC or Atlanta, and those clubs are now reaping those benefits heading into their third season and second season. Seattle, I think, was another one that came in with a lot of ambition. But there are teams, they're going to be patient. We saw from Minnesota, maybe it's now paying off. FC Cincinnati classifies as that. They're going to take their lumps. They're not going to make the playoffs unless they get really active in, in the, uh, the market coming up. Um, what was it? The summer? I get all thrown away. Summer, the summer market. Yeah, so they have So they, they have get the summer May. market. They have until May to get, to get cooking. I don't know if that's going to happen. I think they can be patient, but it's, it's hard. You don't just come in here and get results. And they got their first goal, but that's all they got, 4-1. So I just... I, to that I take away from Major League Soccer and what LAFC did in Atlanta. It's special. You've got to be ready for it. But you have a good year one, it leads to a good year two. I think Cincinnati will get there, but it's not going to be at the pace for LAFC. I'm wondering in that match, whose mind it crossed first? Seattle, were they thinking, oh no, we're getting LAFC again? Yeah. Or was Cincinnati thinking, oh yeah, this is, we're like LAFC, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> I think, to your point, if you're Cincinnati and you were thinking that, you should have thought again because you didn't build your team the same way that LFC no. did. You've got to build it a certain way and, and to, to, to get the yeah. attention of other clubs because Seattle, week one, didn't know anything about LAFC. They're like, this team's got Carlos Vela and they got yeah. this Rossi kid who's supposedly is all the rape and it paid off. Look, and it's only match one, but like John says, the, the best uh, signing they made right away was bringing in Bob Bradley. That set the table. That's how we built our team. Bob never would have let this team be built, you know, just kind of, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to hit, kill him, right? But it seems a little mishmash. Yeah. It seems like there's no real true philosophy. Mm. So we'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave that there so I don't kill them Some moves much. by necessity because yeah. you needed a position player there and you didn't have him, you get it. Yeah. But there was a vision, I think, uh, with some clubs, which 
it comes with a price tag certainly as well. You price know, tag? You're going to develop a young player here. Eventually, if he get, hits the spots you want, you're going to have to pay him. Yeah. And that, but that's something they'll be willing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in Cincinnati still, the one thing that they have, I think, if I'm, if I'm remembering right, because they did kind of move a lot of assets around, they do have a little bit of flexibility. That's something that LAFC made sure, even though they knew that this was the philosophy they wanted, like to your point, they want to have some flexibility if a guy either needs to get paid more or a guy decides he wants to leave or a guy just doesn't cut it. You need to have a little bit of flexibility. So maybe Cincinnati can... Flexibility is good. Yeah. I should have some more flexibility in my calves and Achilles tendons as you see me walking around. Yeah, we, we had to talk about this. I still don't it. believe you can stretch your... He says I can't stretch an Achilles. I stretched it all day yesterday <laughs> and it feels much better today. Yeah, it's going to snap. All right. What was your... What was your, <laughs> what was your gosh, hopefully not on the show I mean, right I now. hope it doesn't. I know, but it's, although, it's out there. Although Max Bredos in the commentary booth in a walking boot. I'll do it. Hey, do Kelly it. in our department's been walking around in a walking boot, and she's been doing just fine. Yeah. So, uh, my, mine, you, I know you're hustling me around. Mine is uh, the DC game. What happened? For and Atlanta. You know, it looks so good in uh, Atlanta. I think, I think we learned a, a lesson. Uh, ro rotate your team. Uh, the two teams that didn't really rotate. They ran out of gas. Ran out of gas. Um, and that sport, uh, the other one being sporting. Guzan on that second goal. I'm still going back and forth, but I'm, I'm now on, I'm firmly, I think, in the camp. That's, that's a howler. Yeah. You got to stop that. I know it's dipping. I know it's wet. I know it's Lucho. But, I mean, you, it's, that was the Roger Dorn, like, major league. I'm flagging yeah. at it. Hey, Another movie that no that one's seen. Dorn. Why am I always making stop. it seem like I'm much older than I am? I, lo I major love major league. league, though. Oh, Should be in top five sports movie all time. Probably number Maybe. one. If there's a I would, I, I, I'm reluctant to put it one because I loved Hoosiers and uh, I love Victory. Ugh. <laughs> Victory is a terrible movie. You just love a happy But Major ending. League was just fulfilling, funny, good, feel good. You're like, ah. It was real. You watch it. If it's on, you watch it. Yeah, it was real. Great, we need great cast. We need a soccer version. Yeah, yeah and great cast. Uh, so let's go, to, let's go to rivalries. Let's All right. get out. Let's get but for Greg Guzan, another thing I liked was that Billy Hamid coming in and saying he's better than them. And that kind of, that made that even more intense and bigger a, than it was because now you, people start talking about it. We love talking points. That's a we great, need more talking points. That's a great point. I, I had even forgot yeah. about that. So, but that's what's cool. I mean, so. Could you imagine the, the stare down coming from the other side? Yeah. When great. Bill Hamid just sees him and just like, You want no. that bad, but you want it visibly where we can talk about it and say, he yeah. said this. So. All right. We live off that. We don't have that. We're in trouble. So you're right. We're talking about rivalries. And uh, what would you consider... The best, would you, where would you put LAFC sporting Kansas City? This is their third game. There is geography's not on its side. Uh, they, are the, they are the most Eastern member of the Western Conference. But I think the way they're going, this is a rivalry you really have to pay attention to. So there's a hierarchy, as I, I said, as we were going to break the first time. But, I mean, would you be crazy not to put the Galaxy one there? But I've seen developments in this rivalry. I've seen developments in the Portland rivalry that are going to push that. And I think internally, players to a T, go, yeah, they want to win the Galaxy for every reason. But these are important games as well that they want to get. Even the Houston rivalry because of what happened in the U.S. Open Cup. So it's good to see multiple streams of rivalries being developed in the Western Conference. And maybe that goes beyond some Eastern teams as well. Yeah, I mean, proximity is obviously the number one uh, parameter right. of San Jose is right. one that would benefit from that, San but I haven't yeah. felt it at this point yet. No, because they were just so were so, so limp at the end yeah. of the season. And I think, though, you know, after they came in and they really kind of beat us up a little bit in preseason, it might grow. But, yeah, there's different types of rivalries. And, and I think, you know, we call them derbies. And, and a true derby is you have to be in the same city. But there are derbies that are not considered in the same city. Uh, and we'll – Actually, I'll just I'll just Are share one. Go? I'll share one. No, because this, this, this is I really this is my you, favorite you, part you, of the show that Vince was going to touch on. But we're going to focus on the three big ones, right? We, yes. We're going to say those. Well, let's let's agree that Galaxy, Galaxy is one. Portland's if, two. I think Portland is two for right now. Sporting Kansas City kind of pulling up to the bumper. Yeah. On three. And it's and I like Mark it. Market. And the reason why I love it, and the reason why I think this is going to what we're going to do right now is going to be so fun, is because they touch on the way each way rivalries can grow. Proximity is one. Style of play is another, and then there's just pure hatred. Yeah. That's the third, and I think each one of these touchstones on it. So does it have the hatred in Sporting? Is it, it's getting there. Well, there when not yet. When Sporting scored, there was a, the I was I was field level at the time, and the bench was like, ah, I was like, ah, I was like, we got you. Yeah, that was that was. And hatred. then you saw it from the LAC bench. So I don't think it's as as. Vi, uh, vi, uh, I think that was at Sabiga. Verbal, but it's it's there. I think that's more towards the referee getting in the way of that pass. <laughs> 
No, it was like a fist pump for sporting. Yeah. I, I love it. I, I love where it's Oh, headed. sporting likes the, oh, trust me, they were not happy at the end of that match. They, they have plenty of complaints. So yeah, there, there is some hatred brewing up or, or competitiveness. Um, it's there and okay. yeah. it's gonna happen. All right, so let's start with the Galaxy and what your equivalent to a world derby. Yeah, right, that's what we're doing. So yeah. the fun that, that we're alluding to is I thought it'd be cool to, first of all, lay out the rivalries that we think are now LAFC rivalries. And I think, like you said, that, that sporting one's coming up from the rear, but I think it, it, we can for sure say it is in because the quality of play is there, the intensity is there on the pitch. Um, and I think that these teams are gonna be, these th those three points could be vital for the end of the season. Oh, I think what a that's, great way to... that's why you don't rotate, right? You're thinking, yeah, I should rotate. It maybe doesn't matter in the long run. And then you realize, oh wait, but this is a Western Conference foe. Should be mentioned, sporting the Monday uh, mid-morning flew off to Panama yep. to get back to Concacaft. So you, know, you, you feel for it, but this is this is what MLS wants these teams to be able to deal. And so far, Sporting's doing a nice job. Yeah, performing in Look, both. They, we'll see if that holds up yeah. because it's a grind. They dropped all three points, but they, it's not like they were out of that match. They yeah. were always in that match. But okay, so back to the point. So I thought it would be cool if Max and I put together using those rivalries if we thought we could glean a little bit of world rivalries within them. So I'll, I'll get us kicked off. And we'll start with we'll start from top down because yeah. I the Galaxy one's too easy for me. I, I I can't come up with a better one than the Galaxy one. Yeah, the Galaxy one, the proximity is too easy for me. And again, that's the number one marker of a rivalry. But if I'm looking at that match, I'm just looking kind of the temperature, the style of play a little bit. To me, it strikes up the North London derby. Perfect, perfect. Uh, we just had one. That you know, they're they're. It's an intense rivalry. It's not. There are bigger rivalries, mm -hmm. I, I think, within that league. And there's, for those teams, sometimes they can have a distraction saying, well, we have, we got beef with this guy, we got mm -hmm. beef with this guy. So yeah. I think that's a great one. Not to diminish the North London Derby, it's a great one. And it has its history. And we'll see the fortunes of these two teams because I think my memories of the North London Derby was Arsenal. Oh, yeah. Just dominate, but it's kind of even the keel. So that was the only de the departure. But I just think because of the city, I think you really nailed that one. Yeah. And then uh, LFC Portland. So this is... This, for me, this is the derby of, of hatred. We just don't like I this don't like team. It. And it's I mean, going to get worse. It's going to get worse. They're going to come in here this week. I know people are fired up. I know that, that that match, people were maybe a little more fired up than even the home opener because they just don't like Portland. So yeah. for me, that's Inter Juve. <laughs> Inter Juve are not in the same city. They detest each other. They're willing to go to any lengths to the point of tattling on each other, whether even if it was going to get the own, their own side in trouble, they're willing to say something, oh, but you're doing something bad over there. There's yeah. obviously been titles t withdrawn from teams and given to other teams, and I think that that, that, that blood's there did for you, that, that We also mentioned Manche Manchester United, Liverpool, because they're, they're, they're close, not that close, mm -hmm. but that, that becomes a big date for those teams as well when they yeah. play each other. And I would say, did Inter Juve have an opening year? Whenever they played, I couldn't remember. I couldn't check the history books. With that much just disdain and vinegar uh, I believe that LAFC Portland had for so many yeah. reasons. No, so, so I believe if I remember my Italian soccer history the way <laughs> I should, uh, I believe Juve's always, both these teams have actually always been good, but Juve was very good to start uh, and then kind of tailed off. There was a, a Torino team that was very good. Uh, this, the Inter-Juve, and we're sidetracking, but I think this is important for the people. Yes. Uh, the Inter-Juve rivalry this is, starts this is what from you can bring, Vince. a match that was going to be a title decider, I believe, in the 50s. And something happened to where basically they had to, send, they had to postpone the match and they were going to have to do it again. The, the league said, you got to do it again. And Inter contested it because they had won the game. I, I asked the right guy. <laughs> so, so, what did, so what did Inter do? Fine, you're going to make us play again? They sent their youth team. So then what does Juve do? They hammered that youth team. That's, like the, that's, the, right, that's so the right option. That's where that disdain grew. And then it, it just, From, uh, the years grew and grew. And Italian soccer, as much as I love it, there's been some dark, dark arts that have gone on in there. So Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Bring it on, LAFC Portland. So uh, yeah, LAFC Portland. See you on Sunday. Uh, See, we didn't talk about the LAFC Portland game, but we kind of did. Yeah. All right, so LAFC sporting Kansas City. What's the comparison there? I'm, I'm actually proudest of this one because the Inter-Juve one just came to me naturally. As I, a, as a I didn't fan. think North London Derby was as obvious North as North London Derby, but I'm going to go United-Arsenal, the years with Thierry Henry, oh. Vieira versus Roy Keane. High quality. High quality football, high quality intensity, high quality stakes. It has all those things, but no proximity at all. No. That's not, I mean, rivalries, they pop up in the darndest places sometimes. I threw out Dortmund and Bayern Munich, but I, I, 
we'll have to see. Again, it's not apples to apples, but when you see if these teams can compete at a high level and I mean, they were at the end of the regular season of Major League Soccer, winner finishes in first place, basically. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good comparison to that. So no proximity. You have to get it's a, it's a good distance between these two teams, but you know you're going to get an important game. You know you're going to get a well-played game. Yeah, and it's too, I think Bayern Dortmund's perfect, right? Yeah. Like Dortmund, with, with our atmosphere, you got two teams that, uh, that spend, that have great players, two great stadiums. So whether you go to see L.A. versus SKC in Kansas City or you come see it here, you're going to be in a fantastic stadium with a fantastic pitch. I think, I think Dortmund Bayern is a, is and the, the, a really yeah, good one. You said one. the German connections, by the way, uh, certainly that LAFC has built the fan base. They're there, so it, it applies. All right, so Bob Bradley, birthday boy. And it was amazing. We were here in his press conference. He says he's never celebrated a victory on his birthday. I go, that can't be true. But if he said it, mm-hmm. and he goes, this is a great way to celebrate it, have a win and a win like this. So we got to thinking... What would be, what would you get Bob Bradley for his birthday? Do you want me to go first? Yes. So I was thinking, I was thinking a lot of things. I was thinking music, it's too obvious. I'm not going to get him a Springsteen. I go, I go obvious, by the way. Yeah, I guarantee he has all of them. I don't know what I could get him from Springsteen that he doesn't already have. And I started thinking, a little, little off, the, off the table a little bit, so I was thinking, you know, Bob's a pretty stylish guy out there. This, this weekend he had the, yeah. another sweet bomber jacket, one yeah. I don't think we've seen before. I was like, well, maybe I could get him a different bomber jacket, yeah. but It stands no. above some of the other coaches because it's yeah. just cool. It's like but, it's L.A. Yeah. cool. he's super cool. He fits our M.O., right? Yeah. Um, but he's got, it seems like he's got the bomber jackets covered, so I'm not going to get him a bomber jacket. I will say this, though. Never seen him in a fancy pair of eyewear. Maybe some Ray-Bans. Ooh. May, I would go designer, man. I'd go like... Oh, even uh, higher end. I was thinking some aviators, but I was like, nah, he's going to look like a cop. <laughs> uh, so I got some nice ones for Christmas. I can't remember the brand, but uh, I was thinking some, well, some something. Dolce Gabbana. Yeah, I just thought Ray-Bans is so California. So You're probably right. So I don't think he wants too much of the fancy stuff. He wants it nice, but yeah. But I would love. I don't. I don't know if he can wear sunglasses on the pitch. I've never seen a manager wear sunglasses during a game, but right. I haven't seen very many managers wear uh, cool jeans and uh, bomber jackets. So why not go with some Ray-Bans? Very true. I'm. I, I'm going to go with the music. Although I have seen Bob out and about some really nice. He, like many, likes a good meal. I don't think that's going to cut it. I'd stick with the music. I had the perfect gift, actually. Uh, there was this uh, fe- Beach Life Festival playing there. I go, hey, Bob, would you like to go? I've been talking to the organizers. And Sunday, it's Willie Nelson and John Fogarty. And he's like, John Fogarty. And then I made up. Great I, I, say, you know, I, mean, I, I said, do you like John Fogarty? He gave me this look. Because Creedence Clearwater Revival was playing at, at his workouts a lot. Yeah. And, and he quizzed me about it. I go, I didn't mean it that way. I knew you did it. I figured you might like John Fogarty because I heard it. He goes, oh, okay. But I think John Fogarty's pulled out. But I would still like to get him tickets for a show. You learned see, about see if I can red carpet it. And I'm sure he'd go, Max, that was great. I really enjoyed it. So you concert, it's not an album. It's not a, a mu- piece of no. music, which he probably has. But uh, music's very important to him. So maybe if the right concert, I thought a festival, and I could say, hey, take care, take care of him. You could. I've got to pull some strings. You learned a valuable lesson, Bob. Bob has this memory for everything, and there's no throwaway comments. And I do love, I do love that he quizzed you a little bit on it. I did. I answered, I answered both questions I think, correctly. I think we both would have got him great presents. I'm sure he's happiest with the win, the three points. Yes. But I think we both got him great presents. And I think that this is an opportunity for people that are listening to put comments either on the YouTube. Yeah, what would you get or, or for add Bob? Us. Yeah, what would you get Bob Bradley? We're actually, when our special guest comes in, we're gonna ask him too. Whoever gave me the pastrami at the tailgate, I mean, I, if he's all right with it, I would give that to him too, because it was delicious. Well, it was delicious. Bob does like some good food. Some he's, good food. We always ask him when we're going to different cities, where's a place to eat? Yes, our number one employee. When you talk about pizza too, about the East Coast, that's another, that's a story we'll, maybe we get Bob on, we'll talk he, that about. That needs to be a whole podcast. Yes. The Bob it gets Pizza very, podcast. It gets very parochial out there, so. All right, we're going to return on Inside LAFC, our, our special guest, our first guest. First guest. We did it. It's got to be a big deal. It better be a big deal. So tune in and see who it is. You know, Inside LAFC, you're only as good as the guest you get, so clearly... Our first guest, wow. we're going big, Walker Zimmerman. Thank you for joining us. Wow, that was uh, really special. Thanks for that compliment. It's true. I mean, you're, you are so hot right now. <laughs> you know, I always try and look good for the camera. You, know? you got to go. You got a national team, a taste of the national team in 2019, and now back, loving life with Los Angeles and Los Angeles Football mm-hmm. Club, I presume. Of course, not a bad way to start off our season. Okay. Uh, Vince and I are sharing this mic. So as you can see, 
Anything to add? A little bit of setup. No, I'm happy. I'm just happy to be here. Okay. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> I'll so you won't get fined. Yeah. yeah. You're here. <laughs> we have a lot of tough questions. In the last segment, we, based on what Bob Bradley said after the game about getting a victory for on his birthday, it's never happened before. We were looking for a perfect Bob Bradley gift. I got uh, festival mm -hmm. music tickets. And then remind me what you got again. Ray-Bans. Ray-Bans. Wow. For the sideline to go with the nice bomber jacket, wow. the jeans. I think Bob's the hippest manager in MLS. What would you get him? Man, that's a great question. Um, You're going to get a lot of great questions here. Probably get him another whistle. Yeah. Nice, colorful He'd one. He'd like that? Yeah. He, he wouldn't He'd be like, thanks. He wouldn't like a colorful whistle. It has to be black. Mm. Maybe some diamond studs or something. Yeah. Something no. flashy. <laughs> something flashy and he'll hate it. Yeah, yeah. of course. Good, good call, man. Yeah. Well, Walker, let's, let's, uh, I, fantastic answer. I think we're just going to keep going with the good answers, but let's, let's ask the, the real tough question. Better last-minute victory opening against Seattle, Bank of California Stadium, or this season? Jeez. And why? Wow. Wow. Um, I think God, I really want to say this one. I do. I do. Uh, this, I just felt like we put in so much to the game and we kind of came back from being down 1-0, whereas last time it was tied the whole game and we got the one late at the we end. Say that. So to, to come back from being down 1-0 in the way that I think it was a whole team effort, um, I'd, I'd probably go with this one. That's a, that's a really hard question. You gave new data that we didn't touch on, which felt make, made me feel a little incomplete, but that, I think very valid points. Oh, let's talk about the the game itself, and you've been very prepped for this year with everything you've done with the national team and, and coming here. Uh, everything that you've seen last season with the stadium, with your teammates, how was this different? Hmm. I think, you know, we've talked about it a lot. Uh, Preseason last year, we had some games at UCLA. We got some good results, but we're kind of going into week one thinking, I think we're good, but I don't know, like maybe we'll have to play a couple games. And it took us a couple games to realize, yeah, we are good. Uh, this season, we have high expectations for ourselves, MLS Cup or bust, Supporters' Shield, we're chasing all those things. And so I think to step in week one against a really good opponent who's already had a few games under their belt, they put out another really good roster. Um, and so to get that result was a great start for us. Well, one of the things we talked about was if, if we're lo looking at this as kind of like a recipe, there was, it seemed like last season there was just one ingredient, one something you couldn't quite put your finger on that was missing. And then right out the gates, you guys show us what might have been missing last season. Yeah. It was like that intensity, that ability to anytime a team ratchets, ratchets up the pressure, you then meet that level and exceed it mm -hmm. and do it playing your game. Is that, is that kind of, was that the vibe in the locker room after? For sure. And, and thankfully, I think this year we got some really good preseason matches that challenged us a bit. Um, playing Atlanta, playing uh, Vancouver and San Jose, the way that they press. I mean, it gave us really good practice games, you know, in the, on the stadium field, games that could kind of really get us prepared. And so I think we made it a key point this year that, hey, last year we lost, lost or tied uh, a lot of games in the last few minutes. Mm -hmm. And so we ma made sure that our, our MO is not to be that way this year. It's to be, you know, we're a second half team. We're going to fight till the end. Uh, we aren't going to stop until the whistle blows. And hopefully that results in three points. Last season, you missed the beginning of the season. You were injured. Just a small sample of games there. And then when you came in, there was a lot of different partners uh, central defensively. That might be the case here. You start with Eddie Segura. Just with all the guys around you, what is your comfort level like? To me, it would appear that, I mean, there was sometimes you played a little deeper and you felt very comfortable passing to whoever you had to find. Mm -hmm. Even going back to Tyler or going to the, to the midfield as well. Where is that comfort level and the responsibility that you, you have to have for, for the game in your position? Yeah, I'm just really comfortable right now. <laughs> I'll talk to it. I'll talk to I'm it. Sorry, I, was like, <laughs> I was wondering what you're laughing uh, at. We'll, Go, we'll, carry on, carry we'll on. We'll double the podcast, people, what just happened. We'll double mic. Okay, here. so if you're just on the audio part, I am holding a mic for me and Vince, and we have uh, the lav mic, the you know the clip-on mic here for Walker, and I had the mic in my hand, and I... I put it to hear his question, and there's already a mic on him. So. We wanted some extra clarity on that one. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But go ahead with your answer, which I'm sure was going to be stellar. Yeah, I just had to make sure answer. everyone... Remember the question? Yeah, I do. Right. I do. Uh, I feel really good right now in terms of passing and, and uh, spacing and how I receive a ball, knowing what my next options are. And so I think, you know, with Eddie, we've, we've obviously developed some good chemistry so far. I think he's adapted very quickly um, for coming into this league. Um, but I also feel comfortable playing with Danilo, Dayon. We had a lot of good games last year with those two guys, and 
and hopefully with, with international call-ups or um, injuries, you know, everyone will be prepared to play. And so I'm excited that Eddie and I had a good first game together, um, and I hope that it, it's that way every week. How's your Spanish coming along? I know we, we talked about that. You guys, yeah, you guys, you guys it's were decent. practicing yeah, on each it's other. It's decent. It's decent. You know, I, I had, uh, took Spanish in high school for three years. Um, Dallas had a lot of Spanish speakers, so my soccer Spanish is pretty good. Um, regular Spanish and all the conjugations, that's where I, I struggle. But my vocabulary, you give me a, a topic, I can probably make some sort, of, uh, some sort of answer that makes sense. As a Spanish speaker originally, and I suffer with that, the conjugations and the, the masculine, feminine, feminine, it makes Spanish one of the hardest languages in the world. I don't care where you are. I will put that to the test. You I agree. be on it. Because you don't have to deal with that in some of these past and tests and feminine. And <laughs> so hopefully you guys have worked something else with, with Eddie. But Bob was talking about how he's just this lovely guy, and he's coming in ready for this responsibility. I mean, he's 22. He's from Colombia. And I, the question was going to be like, hey, what have you done to sort of immerse it? But is it also a part where this guy kind of just gets it and fits into a position? Yeah, I think it was huge that he came in fit, came in sharp, uh, and in good form. Because if he didn't do that, it would have been a lot harder to adapt. Um, and so the fact that he came in in form, fit, that allowed him to not even have to worry about those things and just focus on you know, the type of football that we play here. Walker, we talked a little bit before we brought you on about rivalries, and we talked about how sporting KC is becoming a budding rivalry. We think next week, Portland, I, I feel like a lot of you guys have told us even that mm -hmm. it's already a rivalry. Uh, is Sporting KC a rival now? And where do they rank in the pantheon of the, of obviously Galaxy is, is the high, For sure. level, right? Well, I think all the good teams that are consistent in MLS, um, you look at what Sporting KC has done and all the trophies that they've won recently, that makes them a target. And so you go into those games with extra focus. They're usually competing for a top spot in the West. And so when they you know, have that place in the standing, I think you're always a little bit more eager to play them. Um, I don't know that they would surpass, um, I think, Portland. We had a lot of really good games last year, especially Open Cup, all the things that came from that game um, off the field. So I think that definitely still holds a second place in my mind. But again, all the good teams and, and even, you know, just playing Toronto and Michael and Bob, I think that was a good one as well. Um, but yeah, I think, I think KC, they'll be a top team in the West. And so I think anytime you play a, a top team, you're wanting to win. Well, well, we'll put you on the spot a little bit. We won't make it. We, what we did was we took Do those I, three okay. and we tried to find analogs to them in world rivalries. Okay. If you want, you can pick just one because three is kind of tough. But what, like Max, Max had for SKC and you guys, it was like Dortmund Bayern. I thought that was pretty great. I said it was like the no geographical ties, but still a lot of good yeah. quality ties. I said it was kind of like the uh, Arsenal United days when Patrick Vieira, Roy okay. Keane. So yeah, yeah, do you yeah. have some maybe for the Gal maybe for Galaxy, mm. you guys, maybe for Portland, you guys? What he said, North London Derby for LAFC Galaxy. Uh, yeah, I could I could see that. that I think call, I man. think I think it's more uh, Real Bayern or Real Barcelona for the Galaxy El really? Clasico. Yeah. So then when we talked about these rivalries, this one is well, the Galaxy. Sorry, the Galaxy is El Clasico. Yeah. In my but mind. the Portland one you came up and you guys are getting hyped Portland up for that. Portland one. That Galaxy is still the one you're like. Yeah, oh. Galaxy is definitely still the one that we're we're super passionate yeah. about. Um, and I don't I don't even think it's close. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm glad you said that because we were trying to gauge the gaps. Yeah, I think there's a, a dangerous proposition. I think there's a decent gap between. Okay. Uh, Galaxy and everyone else. Well, I mean, he's in the locker room. We're not. <laughs> yeah, I know. So erase our second segment. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Done. <laughs> we'll we'll get it out of here. Well, uh, besides getting uh, a few good minutes with you, and thanks for being our first guest, uh, you have a little bit of news and a, yeah. an announcement that uh, you could <gasps> share big, with everyone. Big big announcement. Are you guys listening? Great guest and a big announcement. You can't that's big podcast announcement. Gold. Yes. So if you're enjoying this podcast, <laughs> I just want you to know. So good that we have something brand new, exciting, exclusive, and it's going to give you a lot of insight into our locker room. We're going to have a lot of good guests. The announcement is I'll be having my own podcast show. Whoa! Whoa! Hey, Thank you, everyone. Man. Thank you, everyone. I'm microphone, otherwise I would applaud you. <laughs> uh, and the goal behind this is to obviously help the fans uh, get to know the players a little bit better. Um, what do we do off the field? What is it like when we're not talking about soccer? And so there's going to be a lot of banter in there, a lot of guests that are teammates. But then also, I think it's a good chance just to educate um, all the fans on, you know, we do have real lives. We do have real passions and interests outside of soccer. And so there will be guests where we'll talk about, you know, finance, real estate, 
politics. You know, it'll be just a very wide-ranging um, podcast where, you know, you can submit some questions for topics, but we want to keep you guys interested. We want to make it unique and authentic, and so that's at least the goal coming into this year. That's a great tease, Walker. Yeah. yeah I mean, and living in L.A., there's a lot of stuff. If you're interested, in, living in L.A. allows you to be close to anything, whether it's music, whether it's politics or you said, yeah. real estate, too? Yeah, anything. I mean, like an agent. Yeah, exactly. And get you in there. For sure. <laughs> nice 30-year fixed. Uh, one, Paul, security, security Paul asked me to ask yeah. you about this, but the socks, and you got like, do you have new socks? Oh, guys, I, I made a big, big mistake. A really, really big mistake. I, on our day off yesterday, decided to go to the beach. So I live in Santa Monica, so it's, yeah, a day off, why would you not, why would you not People go are going to the early beach? March beach, I, go, yeah. I hate you if they don't live so this, in LA. Yeah, this is my first trip to the beach this year. Um, I went with Tristan Blackman, so we walked down there, and uh, he decided he wanted to tan. He's like, hey, the UV index, it's a seven today. And I'm like, okay, you're a nerd, like, we, we shouldn't be talking about that. <laughs> I think we could get, get yeah. weather on the Walker podcast. Yeah, yes, weather. You're going to get this in the locker room. Exactly. And so we go down there, and it's a little windy, so I decided to put my jacket on. So I have a long sleeve shirt, a jacket. I have some shorts with some, like, three-quarters tights under, just for some recovery post-game, and some long socks. And so I'm just chilling in my chair. He's laying out on his towel, and he's freezing. But the sun's just beating down on him. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to get burned, like, laughing at him. But he had put on sunscreen. You're saying long socks as opposed to maybe, like, the ankle yes, socks. Yes, A little bit, okay. Yeah. So, turns out, I, I spend a great day at the beach, probably four or five hours, take a long walk home, eat some lunch. And my wife gets home, and I'm laying on the couch. And Uh-oh. up to this point, I had no idea that anything was uh, off. And so she comes in, she goes, oh, my goodness. I was like, what? She's like, what happened to your legs? I look down, and there's about an eight-inch just, <laughs> I mean, if you could see That's this, color right I mean, it is straight, almost purple, and it's right on my shin. It looks like I'm wearing shin guards It looks like you play for time. Toronto FC, and those are the socks yeah, you're wearing I have, the game. Yeah, I have red socks on my calves, so. Are, are we going to have to list you on the injury report? Uh, <laughs> we certainly need to get some aloe vera up in here, but. Um, it'll go away. It'll, it'll go away. away. It'll tan, so then it'll just be a really cool tan, but I learned my moment. First beach day, 2019. Wear your sunscreen. Yeah. If the UV it's index, hot, even though it doesn't feel that hot. If a UV index is a seven, that is very high. Uh, wear your sunscreen. So if you get Tristan Blackman, he could be like the weather report guy. <laughs> All right. If you're going there, be careful of the sea layer because it's very deceptive because the sun is still coming down. So put on your sunscreen. Exactly. Exactly. He's on it. Yeah, I almost think you should just have Tristan drop in. Don't. He's not a guest. He's just the weatherman. Let's man go to Tristan. In. Yeah. Let's yeah. go to Tristan. What do you got here? Well, that was awesome. And thanks for that insight on on many fronts, and we look forward to hearing much more of that on The Locker Room. And part of our LAFC pod family, you're in it now. Oh, I'm so honored. You guys do a great job, so I'm excited to be part of it. It's only our second episode, so we're just... uh, Well, I'll I'll join the pod community. (laughs) It's a hashtag. Hashtag LAFC pod family. Oh, perfect. I'm in. And I think think to kind of jump you into the gang, we're going to let you take us out, so... Wow. Kind of, kind of round out the podcast. You were asking Max what his like sign Great. off is. So if you want to use a sign yeah. off, tell I, people to subscribe. So tell people to yeah. subscribe. Tell yeah, them where yeah. to find you. No, that's great. So at the Walker Zim here, coming at you live. Uh, <laughs> it's on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Walker Zimmerman. You know where to find me. And uh, I think I'll sign off like this. My brothers and I growing up, we watched a ton of Sports Center. We watched the greats Kenny Maine, Stuart Scott, uh, obviously Scott Van Pelt. And so we tried to create our own sign-offs. And I felt like they always ended with such a flair to it. Uh, So I'll I'll give it a best go. This has been Walker Zimmerman, LAFC. (laughs) Why did the C drop? (laughs) Because they always go ESPN. There's a little Ron Burgundy there. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. LAFC? <laughs> You're gonna be a hit. Thanks for subscribe. He didn't say it, but subscribe, leave a comment, and same same with the locker room when it rolls around. It's coming soon. Hashtag LAFC Pod Family.